Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Emma. During July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com slash Browns answering a question about the Browns as we head into training camp at the end of July. And we'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. Now, today's pod is going to sound a little bit different. First of all, it's just Scott and me talking about our, our question of the day. But then we also, in the second half of the pod, brought on one of our Football Insider subscribers. Uh, we put a call out to subscribers to come on and be guests of our podcast here uh, in the month of July. And Herschel Cohen is one of the people that got back to us and wanted to be involved in the podcast. So in the second half, we bring him on. He's been a Browns fan for a long time. He, uh, he watched the 1964 championship game on TV. He, he tells us about going to preseason games and, uh, at, at the Rubber Bowl. Uh, and then he asks us some Browns questions and, and shares some Browns thoughts as well. So it was kind of cool to hear from one of our Football Insider subscribers. You're going to hear a couple of those uh, podcasts here over the course of this stretch in July. So if you want to get involved in Football Insider, I'm going to tell you about that in the middle of the podcast uh, but what you do need to know right now is for a 14-day free trial, all you have to do is text 216-208-3965. So uh, if you don't want to wait for me to tell you more about it, just get your phone out, text 216-208-3965, and you can start that 14-day free trial that you can cancel any time. So now let's get to our question for today. And today's question is... Is Jedrick Wills going to make the transition from right tackle to left tackle effectively? Now, uh, it's just me and Scott today for this one, and then we're also going to bring in one of our Football Insider subscribers a little later. But, Scott, let's talk about Jedrick Wills, the number 10 overall pick. There's a lot of pressure on him to move over to that left side and be able to, to man Baker Mayfield's blind side. It's something he did at Alabama uh, with Tua, a left-handed quarterback, but – it is going to be a leap for him, and that's one of the big questions facing this team as they head into 2020. Yeah, you know, you, you hear Nick Saban talk about Jedrick Wills, and you get the feeling that if they hadn't committed to a left-handed quarterback at Alabama, Wills might have been their left tackle. You know, he clearly had the ability to do that. Um, so I don't think it's going to be something where, uh, you know, he was – here's a guy who was put at right tackle because maybe he didn't have the quickness he needed at left tackle. That's not the case. So what's going to – be the challenge for Wills, of course, is having this offseason without the physical part, 
You know, you're not out there going through the reps with Bill Callahan instructing you in person. You're not standing on the field, you know, talking to Joel Batonio about this or that, or really, you know, getting used to playing next to Batonio. Um, so you miss all that stuff. I think I've said before that this whole offseason is like, is like this big study group, you know, and then the test is going to be training camp. So, um, you know, we'll find out where Wills is at that point. But I think, I mean, I, everybody we've heard from has confidence that he can do it. Joe Thomas said, what, it takes three months of practice to, to get it down. Um, we'll find out if that's <laughs> three months of actual practice with the team or just on your own in your backyard in your living room. Um, but uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of doubt that he can do it. It's just, I think, maybe the question of how quickly can he get up to speed in this weird, this weird offseason. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, right when you said that, the first thought I had is three months of practice. Unfortunately, he's not going to have that three months of practice, missing out on the the offseason program. Even though, you know, there's no contact. He, he, it's not like he's going to have Miles Garrett barreling at him every day in the spring. You do miss out on on building up that technique, getting that muscle memory, playing next to Joel Batonio. I mean, we know the offensive line is that really that one position where those five guys have to be able to work together and, and be able to have that chemistry together. And that's really kind of what you miss um, when, when you lose the offseason program. And then if they come back, you know, even if the NFLPA ends up getting what they want, we're talking 48 days. That's, <laughs> that's not very long uh, to get him ready to get thrown out there against Baltimore, who every year – you know, however they do it, they're able to manage creating a pass rush. Um, and, and so it's going to be a challenge for him. But uh, Bill Callahan is really the key to all of this. He's one of the great offensive line coaches. He's a guy that has moved players before. He seemed very confident in Wills when we talked to him earlier this offseason. Uh, so I guess for me, if there's a guy that I trust to really do this, I've got to say Callahan's the guy. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's, he's noted, and I think some other people have noted, how he uh, worked with Taron Smith in, uh, in Dallas. Uh, he also had, um, I want to make sure I got the name right. Is it Barry Sims? I want to call him Billy Sims all the time. But Barry Sims with Buffalo, um, uh, him as well when he was with Oakland. And uh, Smith is interesting because he played right tackle as a rookie. And the left tackle they had, Doug Free at the time, good left tackle, but he did not have a great season. Uh, I think he was one of the league leaders in pressures allowed in 2011. It was 49 quarterback pressures and 10 sacks. He also had 10 penalties. This is Doug Free. So the Cowboys decided to make a switch. They thought, well, we got this young kid on the right side who we think has the versatility and the athleticism to, to move. So they made the switch. Now, Smith has been good his whole year or his whole career, um, six or seven straight Pro Bowls at this point. But that first year of switching over to the left side was probably his worst year in the NFL. And that's Kind of misleading because, as I, I wrote this morning in, in the Insider, uh, his his worst is still the best for a lot of people. He gave up 43 pressures, which is still his career high by like 12. That first year he played on the left side, um, but he still graded well pretty much across the board. And and then you know a year later he's a Pro Bowler, and a year after that he's he's uh, an All Pro. So um, there was an adjustment period. It, you know if you're good, you're you're good, and you're going to be able to make that leap or that you know switch but um you know there is an adjustment period to doing that and coming out of college and not really having a taste of, of what that speed is like in the NFL until even in practice going up against Miles Garrett I don't know you're not gonna you're gonna get a little taste of it but you're not gonna get it as much as you are in an actual game setting you know so if you go from the beginning of training camp all the way to 
week one, that's going to be like a shock to the system, I would think. Um, kind of seeing that on the fly because um, Miles Garrett can only do so much. Uh, he obviously can't hit the quarterback when he's running around. We saw that last year in, in practices a lot, all the, the air sacks that he got uh, in training camp. So, you know, Wills is going to have to have to uh, deal with all that. But um, even with that adjustment period, you pick a guy that high, you have the confidence in him to be the guy from week one, and you've done everything to set him up to be the guy in week one. He's playing next to a really good guard. Um, you know, I think I think the table's kind of set for him to be successful. It's just where is he at this point? We don't really know. Right, and then the speed of the game. Like he's, I mean, he might have to make that acceleration without even any preseason games. You know, you hear players talk about it, and they say, well, practice is one thing, and then preseason is another speed. And regular season, like you said, it just ratchets it up. I think the one thing that I that I like about this is I feel like we've talked about this with a few picks the Browns have, have had. You know, I just like the fact that this is a guy who's coming from a big program and he's played against elite defensive players, right? You know, LSU is going to have speed and dominant rushers all over the place. These other teams in the SEC, they're going to have uh, those types of, of defenses that you have to protect against. Now, that's not always a sign that a guy is going to be good, but I do think in this case, this is a guy that checked a lot of boxes. And then on top of that, you throw in the level of competition he faced, uh, the big games he had to play in, and again, protecting to his blind side. Uh, that means a lot, I think. So at the very least, this is a guy that has played at the highest level possible to this point in the SEC for Alabama uh, against some of the best defenses in the country. And I think that's a good thing for him moving forward. And we've said this before, too. It's, it probably is going to take time. It's more likely that it's going to be a little rough early than it is that he's going to be Joe Thomas and step in and not leave the field for 10,000 snaps and never get called for any penalties. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's a high bar. That's a first ballot Hall of Famer guy that's going to walk into Canton as soon as, he, as, soon as he's eligible. You know, let, let's pump the brakes on Jedrick Wills if, if we want to think he's going to be the next Joe Thomas. It might take him time to actually get to that level, if he even ever does get to that level. Yeah, I think what's, what's in his favor is we've seen some other people in between Jedrick Wills and Joe Thomas. You know, he's not stepping on the field uh, right afterward, and, you know, you got that bar standing right there um, staring at you. So we've seen what, what the future looks like without Joe Thomas already, and, and Jedrick Wills hopefully will kind of take it back more towards – the high level of play that you would expect. I think another thing in his favor is the zone blocking scheme and not kind of being out on an island so much by himself and people kind of moving together and and so often really having a run blocking look, you know, when you're when you end up passing it and not really um, kind of relying on, on your help too. So that'll be that'll be a difference. And one of the things Joe Thomas mentioned to me also is in his own blocking scheme, it's going to be a little easier to have a, a weaker link. Not that Jedrick Wills necessarily would be that, but um, you know, he pointed to Denver and, and, and guys who maybe, um, when they were going through their Super Bowl runs, you know, uh, guys who, who weren't necessarily all pros, but kind of worked together well. And, you know, we were talking, I think, more about right guard at that point. But even even out there at, you know, in Wills' spot, is there's, there's the pressure, I think, for him to be, dominant right off the bat because everybody's going to kind of be working together and learning this new scheme and uh, it kind of lends itself to maybe an easier transition than, than would normally be the case. 
Well, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, certainly one of the storylines to watch is, is Will's taking over. It's expected he'll be that starter there from day one. Uh, Bill Callahan said as much. Um, and, and there's no reason to, to not believe that he won't be. So that's going to be one of the interesting things to watch. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. I'll tell you guys about Football Insider. And then we're going to bring in one of our Football Insider subscribers to talk a little Browns football here for the rest of this podcast. So we will be right back after this. So here in a second, we're going to bring in our Football Insider, Herschel Cohen, to join us. But let me tell you about Football Insider and how you can get involved. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, hearing, and more. The best part is you can text us back, and we'll text you back directly, cutting through the clutter of social media. It's just another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers exclusively for our subscribers, like the virtual draft event we held the week before the draft this year, and our virtual event talking all things Baker Mayfield. And of course, we do things like this sometimes, having our, our insiders jump on the podcast. These are things uh, that, that kind of come along with your subscription add-ons to that $3.99 a month. So if you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. And like I said, after that trial, it's just $3.99 per month. Or, even easier, pick up your phone and text 216-208-3965 to get that trial started. Again, to start your 14-day free trial to Football Insider, see if it's for you, text 216-208-3965. Now back to the show. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Now we're going to bring in one of our Football Insider subscribers. His name is Herschel Cohen, and he joins us here. Herschel, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Great, great to be on with you. Thank you. Okay, so you're actually our first Football Insider subscriber to, that, that we've had on one of these pods. So uh, this is well, probably the oldest subscriber, so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big honor. Um, okay, so Scott and I were just talking about Jedrick Wills, and, and I'm just curious what your thoughts are on, on Wills and his transition over to left tackle. Every, everything you said was, was great. It really, it really brings to this point of preseason or no preseason, and, and I, I was thinking about that today because you don't really know how Wills is going to be until he's in competition. He obviously needs the, uh, um, the game experience, the knowing, uh, like you say, Miles Garrett, even in practice, it's great, but it might not be enough. But you have to defer to J.C. Treader on this, who, who was, you know, worried about the player's health. I mean, the whole thing is really uncertain. Wills, from everything Joe Thomas says, from Callahan says, from what the, uh, the scouts said, I've only seen clips from – when they, when they showed, because I didn't see Alabama that much except in the bowl games, but uh, I mean, he, let's just hope he's the guy. There have been some other top, uh, um, top offensive tackles taken in the past who haven't worked out. And, uh, and then some who, you know, Joe Thomas, the fans here were so thrilled when he was chosen. So I think everyone was happy when they chose Wills, but you just don't know until, until the games. And if you, uh, if it, it, it sort of morphs into the next question is preseason or no preseason, you'd, you'd love to see him get the experience. But I'd rather have a season with healthy players than preseason where, you know, a 30-year guys get sick or something. So um, it's, it's a real dilemma, this, this whole thing. But, but as far as Wills goes, yeah, it's exciting. Um, but when you say – can I just add one thing? You say it takes, it's going to take time um, for him to adjust everything. What, what concerns me – is this is a team that really has a lot of offensive talent. And so you'd love to see him get off, if we have the season, get off to a really good start, 
get it going. You don't want to see your left tackle struggling in the first few games. You hope he doesn't. Um, all the signs say he won't, won't be a big struggle, but um, you, you don't know what 2021 is going to be in terms of who will still be here. So you'd really like it to start to happen this year. I know, you know, the predictions for the year haven't come in. There's a lot of mixed sentiment, but, you know, I'm excited about this, about this team. Yeah, so, so, Scott, I mean, just to follow up on that, I mean, is there any chance that, that Wills could, could kind of derail that start of the season? Is there any concern about that at all? No, I, you know, he, he mentioned uh, uh, the preseason. You know, when you, when you add it all up, the starters are getting maybe a game's worth of action in the preseason. Um, you know, they, they get into the third quarter of that third game, maybe a half the second game. They're, they're usually not even on the field and, uh, the fourth game. So, I mean, what do you, you know, practice obviously is the big thing. So I don't, I think if they're able to practice and obviously if there aren't any issues and people don't have to be quarantined and there isn't a stop and start and stop and start kind of situation, then I, I don't see, I don't see there being any sort of setback from that. Once you get everybody on the field and they're actually doing physical things, that's so much better than what we've gone through for the past, you know, mm -hmm. four months, three months. So that'll be a big difference. Um, it's just, you know, keeping everybody on the field. As, as Treader said uh, today, he wrote a post on the NFLPA uh, website. Uh, you know, they want to get back to work and they want to stay at work. They don't want to get back to work and, right. and then stop and, and kind of go through the through that whole situation. Yeah, I, I should mention real quick that we are um, we're recording this on the day that, that Treader wrote that post. It's uh, Tuesday, so so when you hear this, it'll it'll been a little while since that post went up. And of course, maybe by the time you'll hear this, we'll have specific news on on preseason <laughs> games. But um, you know, yeah, the preseason is one of those things where. You know, personally for me, it's sort of boring to go and cover those games. And you got 90 guys in those locker rooms, and it can be kind of tough afterwards. And obviously, that's not going to be the, the case this year. We won't be in the locker room. Uh, but, you know, Herschel, you kind of mentioned this with preseason games. You'd rather see, you'd rather see the players be safe than have to travel somewhere and, and play a game. And this was sort of what J.C. Treader was getting at when he wrote that letter. Than travel somewhere and, you know, get sick for a game that really just doesn't mean anything. Right. If, if you are going to risk some health and safety of your players, gosh, at least make those games mean something. So do we actually, do we know when there's actually going to be a physical training camp? Is that, it hasn't been decided <laughs> yet, right? Yeah. So, so as, you talk about of, practice too. Is this, no. Yeah. So well, um, let's, let's hope they, let's hope they can have that as well. So yeah, you said you said preseason uh, is is boring. I think last season we had one of the most exciting preseason <laughs> moments in the history of preseason football in uh, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe's punt return. I, I don't know how you top that. I think maybe you just don't do preseason anymore based off that. That was an excellent moment. I think the year before was the five to two game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Eagles Browns five to two. Five to two matchup. <laughs> they used to call them exhibition games, and they were in the summer. and And uh, the Browns fans used to really look forward. There was a they used to play a game in the Akron Bowl. They used to drive down for that. And uh, uh, I remember I was in Los Angeles at the time in the in the summer of '58, uh, and the Browns were um, the the Browns were playing the Rams, and and Groza kicked a field goal with um, uh, as time was running out, I think, and they won a 10 to 7. And like, oh, people were thrilled, you know, it was like exciting. <laughs> it was good. So. 
They also so, used to have a lot more preseason games too. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you think four is a lot. How about five, you know, or six, yeah. six um, right. on a regular basis? That's, that's a lot of preseason. You know, though, it is, it is going to hurt guys. Like, now obviously, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe didn't make the team last year. But it is going to hurt some guys to not be able to, to play those games if, if we're looking at reduced training camp rosters, uh, things like that. There's some guys that, you know, every now and again, a guy will pop up and sneak onto a practice squad or sneak onto a roster. Uh, but, but it's definitely going to hurt some of those guys if they don't have those opportunities, if maybe we only have 75 guys in training camp, uh, things like that. So, you know, that, that, that's kind of one of the downsides of this, those, those diamonds in the rough, or at least those, those really cool stories, uh, for, even if it's only for a few weeks, uh, we'll, we'll be missing those. Now, you said you went to games in 1958. So that means was, you were around in 64, right? That's a very important year for Brown. I was, I was, I was around. I actually lived in Boston at the time, and uh, I, I, I didn't come back for that one, but I watched it with a whole bunch of friends national TV. That was, I mean, Gary Collins or Frank Ryan, Jim Brown. That was the greatest. <laughs> I remember Galen Fisk put a hit on, uh, on, on the quarterback that was incredible. I mean, the, 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 I can still see the, the game and the highlights. Collins had this move. This, he was famous for his, uh, his um, uh, post, you know, post moves. He'd go down and slant in. And so on his last touchdown, he went down, gave a fake slant in, and went, and went to the uh, to the right uh, um, part of the end zone, and he, he there was nobody within twenty yards of him. He had the guys so they were had studied the. It was great. That was great. And but eighty seven was eighty seven was a great year. I did come back for that, and we were hugging in the stands after uh, after uh, uh, Brennan's catch, you know. But sixty four was great, and and the fifties were the fifties. The fifties were amazing. That that's. Uh, Great that's player. a long that's a long stretch from 64 to 87 a long stretch <laughs> it's a long stretch and, I um uh, there's there's a comedian uh his name's Bill Burr and I heard him on a couple podcasts and he was talking about going back and watching you know some old Browns games some old NFL games he mentioned the Browns and I actually just decided you know, I'm gonna go look on YouTube and see if I can find some of these games and I watched a little bit of a Browns Rams game um, I think it was a championship game it was one the Browns lost uh but I you know I haven't watched a ton of Otto Graham, right? But I, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up. I grew up with Graham, and um, I, I still tell people I, he's, I think he's the best. Certainly, the best. You have to rank him as one of the top handful, which I think he is. He has more yards per attempt, I think, than any quarterback to this day. And um, he, they didn't throw as much in those days. It wasn't just a big aerial game. This is a great story. Do I have a two seconds to tell the story? Yeah. When, the Brown, when the Browns came into the, uh, to the National Football League in 1950, and so I was really just starting to understand the game. And um, they played the Philadelphia Eagles, who had been the champs in 1949 of the NFL. And the Browns won, I think it was 35-7. to 7. And Greasy Neal, the, <laughs> the coach of um, – this was the Browns' first game. The coach of the Eagles said, oh, they're just nothing but an air show. And, and the second time they played him that season, I think the Browns had not rushed once. Paul Brown, they won 13-7. to 7. I mean, Paul Brown, Paul Brown was, he, he was tough. And uh, they weren't just an air show. But Otto Graham was incredible. One of the great thrills of my life was, uh, was uh, seeing him at the U.S. Open tennis tournament. And he was going, he sat down. I, I said, Otto, and he sat down and talked for a half hour about the old Browns. That's about, that's about 15 or 20 minutes. 20 years ago maybe he was he was something great athlete you know he's a professional basketball player too yeah it was it was such a go ahead scott 
I was going to say, just about everybody, uh, like pre-1970, it seemed, uh, if they got drafted by the NBA or Major League Baseball in the NFL. Like, you know, there were all these players that could have done this or that. It was, athletes. you know, there weren't as many athletes to go around, it seemed. But uh, a lot of these guys were, were very, uh, very good at multiple sports. When you get a chance, see if you can see some old films of Marion Motley. Oh, my God. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, now you can find all of these games. They've, they've all ended up on YouTube somehow or other. And it's, it's yeah. fun to see the old, the old broadcasts and, yeah. and, of course, you know, a chance for people to go back and actually see Otto Graham play a little. All right. Uh, well, this was fun. Our, our very first football insider guest. Um, this, was, uh, this was great. And, uh, you know, we'll try to have some more of these if you want to get involved in football insider, of course. Uh, I told you about that earlier in the podcast. You can check out the posts that go with this podcast to get involved. Thank you all. I am going to put you on the spot, Herschel. You're you're going to be a, an advertiser here for us. <laughs> uh, I mean, why why do you like Football Insider? Oh my gosh, because uh, like two hundred under two hundred thousand other Browns fans, I, I love I love reading about the Browns. The uh, um, it gives me first of all there are things that you might not see in the regular columns, which which I really like. Maybe maybe interviews or maybe. Uh, maybe some opinions that, that can't necessarily be expressed in the news columns, but there's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with uh, the Browns. First thing I do in the morning, but I'll check the overnight news and then I'll go to the uh, cleveland.com or the, uh, the play, claim dealer and read the sports read. And usually it's about the Browns. And, and uh, so this, this is just a great way to keep in on it. I, I, uh, I, I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. So <laughs> I get, I get, I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> All right. We'll keep doing it then. You can. No, they're great. Me. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> are we, are we going to let him call his shot since I know it's, you know, training camp hasn't even started, but we might not talk uh, again here until, until the season begins. Do you have a prediction for what the Browns will do this season? Uh, I'm really excited about the offense. I'm nervous about right guard. I'm, I'm nervous about the uh, wills getting the, uh, getting the work at uh, left tackle, but um, assuming, assuming they solve the right guard issue with this line, which, you know, we've read all about what their intent is and assuming Wills lives up to uh, the expectations, you, you've got an amazing offensive talent. I, I, my only concern on defense is they, they, I grew up in the Dick Butkus, uh, Jack Ham, um, Ray Nitschke era. They don't have a stud. They haven't, Schobert was not a stud linebacker. I mean, he was, you know, good. They need a guy to really stuff the run at linebacker, and that makes me nervous about the defense because you don't want teams to keep grinding it out on them. But uh, you know, I, I I think the only problem with Mayfield last year was the line, and and uh, he'll get it straightened out. So I'm I'm optimistic. I'll uh, uh, I'll, I'll aim high. I'm going to say you know 12 and four. How's that sound? That's so, high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? That might Why be not? a little higher than than any of us go, but who knows? I know. Who knows? The <laughs> optimism of training. <laughs> Predict, predict early and predict often, you know. That's right. <laughs> you put another predictions out there, one of us. Okay, well, we appreciate you. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. And, of course, we appreciate everyone out there listening to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And like I said, check out Football Insider because we're always doing uh, different things like this on top of uh, the, the regular stuff that we do there every single day. So for Herschel, Scott. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.